Hi there, this is Jacob Msiba, the senior pastor of Builders Church. I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to our podcast today. And I trust that it will bless and build your spirit. Enjoy the message and God bless you. As we build our families, we need to have that in mind. To say, it does not mean that whenever children, for an example, are quiet, it does not mean they don't see. It does not mean they don't learn. They are observing your habits. They are observing your behavior. They are observing the culture. And when I say culture, don't think when I say culture, I mean your day-to-day habits each and every day because they form your own particular or your own unique culture as a family. And in one way or the other, it is going to be passed on as tradition to your children in one way or the other. It can only take God to step in and of which this is where the power of salvation comes in to come and to disconnect you from anything which is not good for you, especially once you are now in a covenant with God. It can only take his power to disconnect you from the wrong influences uh, that you might have received from where you grew up from. But other than that, whatever that you've been exposed to gets imparted deep within your, 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 your DNA and you are going to grow up with it. That's why if you grew up in an environment where there was a lot of abuse, chances are you can also be either affected by it or you are also going to affect others because of how you were affected. Within that family setting. Are we here, Bazalan? That's why the Bible tells us in Proverbs 22, verse, verse 6, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart from it. So we need to train up the, 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 the children who grow up under us. Take note, I said, whether your blood children or not, you as long as they are within a space where you have influence or authority over their lives, make sure that you are going to train them up. And this is a very dangerous statement because God says, and I want us to, to listen to this scripture once again. It says, train up a child in the way he should go. God does not say train them up in my ways. So either you train them up in his ways or any, but he says, if you train them up in that particular way, automatically they are going to walk in that way. And even when they are old and you are no longer there, they are going to continue in that. Even when you wish it, that you wish that, I wish this child can stop. So, if they learn smoking from you, even when you want them to stop, they've learned it from you. I always challenge myself with this question. If my son were to become an exact duplicate of me, can I be happy? If he can wake up and say, Dad, I'm going to do everything you do. I'm going to say everything you say. I'm going to do whatever that you, how you carry yourself, how you handle yourself, how you treat my mom, that's how I'm going to treat my wife. How you treat your friends, that's how I'm going to relate with my friends. Every, your lifestyle, everything, I'm going to copy you to the T. If you don't wish it for your child, don't wish it for yourself.
If you don't wish it for your child, don't wish it for yourself. So it means we need to understand that that's why God is a stakeholder because this is an environment or a place or an institution he has identified as a place of influence. But I love it because then God also gives us a promise that we need to take for ourselves and, 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 I'm, and, and I'm using this language, Bazarone, because even if you are young now, you are still a child, you are still a beneficiary of everything that I am talking about, but chances are 10 years from now, you will be in a position to raise up children. So I am preparing, don't say this is not applicable to me because I'm not yet a husband, but take it, take it, let it be written in your heart because one day you will have to remember these words. So God gives us children as a heritage. He gives them to us as a heritage because God is a God of generations. But then he gives us a promise to say then because he, has, he is a stakeholder in our families, he gives us a promise. He says, your children shall be taught by the Lord. So in other words, it's up to us to allow God to influence our families and to influence our children so that one day, even when, when we are no longer around, God will always go after them. I love it because we have an example in the Bible where everything that God did with Solomon, it was because of his father, David. So in other words, David entered into a covenant with God. To say, this relationship that I am in with you, God, is not just for me, but it is also for my children. That's why I love it, because it dawned on, 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 on Solomon when, when God came to him and said, what do you want me to do for you? I mean, he did not even hesitate. He mentioned his father because he knew that he is getting this visitation, not because of what he has done, but it is because of what his father has done. So may God grant us the grace that everything we do while we are still alive, it is going to benefit our children one day. Are we here, Bazalwan? Now, let's take note that the reason why God is a stakeholder in our families, it is primarily because God is expecting to be glorified through our families. The Bible says in 1 Chronicles 16 and verse 28, Give to the Lord. All families of the peoples, give to the Lord glory and strength. Give to the Lord. And he's, he's talking to families. So when God looks at us as a family unit, whether you are a mother raising your own child, God is looking at you as a family unit and he says, give me the glory that I deserve. Let there be something that is happening and, and you might be disadvantaged and you're saying, but I'm a single mother raising my child. Of course, God says, I'm going to help you in that. As long as you have this in mind, that your family setting is supposed to give me the glory. You're supposed to create an environment that is going to glorify me. And if you want me to be involved, allow me to teach you how to change the environment in your space, in your home, in your family, so that it becomes one that can glorify me. It's just that, Tina, as people, we sometimes struggle with the fact that we think we have a better way than God to structure and to organize our families that is going to make us comfortable. We don't want to let him in. Remember, Psalm 24, uh, talking about the king of glory, it says, Lift up your heads, O ye gates, 
Be lifted up, you everlasting doors. And the king of glory will come in. What does that mean? God will never get into your space uninvited. If you want to do your own thing, do it your own way. God is definitely, that's why even in the book of Revelation, he says, I am standing at the door and I knock. And he says, if you open, I will come in. So, so, so if I say to God, God, I want to just build my family, leave me alone. I think I've got it. I, 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 there's a way I want to raise up my children. There's a way I can do this thing. God will say, okay, fine. Let me leave you alone. You let me know where do you want me to intervene. And when things go south, we must not then come back to God and blame him. Because we are the ones who, who are supposed to allow him, give him room, give him space and say, God, teach me how to be a good father. Teach me how to be a good husband. Because chances are in the environment where we grew up in, we have never seen the, uh, 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 maybe fatherhood or motherhood modeled in a godly way. And God says, if you give me a chance, then through you, your children will be raised up by me. Are we here, Bazalwan? And then he says, when you do that, I will receive glory through your family. People are going to see me at work in your family. Can you imagine? In other words, God says, all that I need is that give me your family. Let me use it as a vessel. Let me glorify myself through your family. In other words, you can just be a family with all sorts of disadvantages. You can maybe be a child-headed family. Maybe you were the firstborn, the parents maybe passed on or left you or whatever. You find yourself in a situation where you are stuck with raising up your siblings. God says, if you allow me to be glorified through that family setting, no matter how disadvantaged it is, I, all that I want is glory from that setup. I will give you the wisdom. I will give you the grace. I will open doors for you. I will demonstrate what I am capable of and what do I mean when I say I am the father of the fatherless. I am the husband of the widows. He, he will demonstrate and display his glory, but only if we allow him and we give him space. But if we, we have it all covered, well, God, no, you know what? I've got this, don't worry. And, 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 and when God particularly... <laughs> Here's a challenge. With, let me, can I talk to parents just for five seconds? No, maybe not five seconds, maybe one minute. <laughs> the challenge is when we are trying to protect our children from God. <laughs> I, have a, I must stop using my children as examples in sermons, you know. But they don't mind for now. Maybe at some point they are going to call a meeting and say, dude, please leave us out of your things. Because I'm a pastor, I'm in the ministry, I love the ministry and whatever. And the biggest conversation we're having now at home is that both my kids want to be in the ministry. They don't want to go and become doctors, lawyers or anything like that. The language of going to varsity is so that they can be trained to do ministry work. And it's, it's real. That's how real it is. And God is looking at me to say, will you give me your children? Or am I as a father going to protect my children from God? And say, I've been in this thing. I don't want it for you. 
God, leave my children out of it. Let me do it differently. Let them go to varsity. Or will I say, God, in the same way you showed me favor in the ministry, show them favor. The same way you opened, as a matter of fact, do more for them. In other words, then God is testing my genuine love for him and his church. To say, if he says, give me your children, will I freely do that? That's how real it is now. It was great when Nati was playing drums and saying, I was saying, ah, my kids are in the ministry. Now they are saying, we want to do this for the rest of our lives. So what happens when God insists on his ways in terms of raising up your children? Will I come and stop God and say, God, your idea is not so mean. I have a better way of raising. When God says, no, do not allow your child to date until a certain age. Will you adjust it? And try to be relevant in today's society. And I'm not saying whatever that you are going to say goes. Uh, they can go ahead and do whatever that they like. But if then it is up to you to decide. And God is counting on your yes or no. What will you do? What will you do? Oh, will I say, God, let me do it differently. Let me, and, and when God says, no, no, look, man, this is how Minai prefer you are going to go about this thing. And you're like, nah, I mean, I have a better way of doing this thing. I mean, I'm going to, no, I don't want, I don't want, you know, Asabazalani, when we are now matured, I, I want to, you know, I, I, I want to protect my child from all the church hurt. I, I don't want my child to be exposed to all of the... Marwana, you survived, Jay. And God protected you. Why now do you attempt to be God to your children? Because then at that point, we are trying to take the place of God. We are saying, God, let me give my child my experience. And they have to have their own encounter, their own experience. If they have to be hurt in the process, let them be. And I'm not saying that in the wrong way. I'm not saying let a bad thing happen. But I'm saying we cannot shield them from anything in this world that is going to ever happen to them. We need to trust God to preserve them and to protect them. We need to surrender them to God. Are we here, Bazalon? So, so that is the kind of a family that will glorify God, involving God in every area, in every aspect. In the same way that we are observing our finances in a godly way, a biblical way, let us also handle our children in a godly way and in a biblical way. Training them up in the ways of God. Realistically so to say, if salvation, if your relationship with God means everything, can you position your children in a better way, in a better space to be directly connected to God. There's this thing we do. I'm not sure if you noticed when we dedicate children. There's a declaration we make parents say. I'm not sure if they are listening or not. Yeah, because in there, it also says that will you try your level best to raise up your child in, in the ways of God, but to also carry yourself in a manner that will not compromise the gospel, I'm paraphrasing. In a manner that will say, let them be well positioned. In other words, if something goes wrong in their lives, in as far as their relationship with God is concerned, let it not be on me. Some of us, our children have an option to go to church or not. <laughs> 
Nah, today I don't feel like going to church. No, it's fine, rest. I'll go. And God, have you ever thought about, does God approve of that? Why, when it is you, we are saying, but for your child, you want them to have it. Nah, if you want to rest today, I understand you're tired. I remember when, 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 ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, but we've made it a principle in our house. Nobody stays at home when we are at church, even if you are a visitor. Our house is locked on Sunday when we are at church. You can't stay behind. And there was a point where they were, they were, they were, when they were getting into teenagehood and, and they were trying now to prove that they are, uh, I said, where? Here. You are not going, as long as this is my house and I'm your father, nobody stays here when we're going to church. This house is going to be locked. You are going to stay outside. In fact, not even outside. You are going to wait for me at church. You, you don't want to be there? Okay, don't be there, but you will wait for me there. Sit and wait for me to finish preaching. You, you better sit, even if you sit here and suck, sulk for the whole service, it's okay. You are in the service. And I'm not saying do that in your house. I'm just making an example. I'm just making an example to say, look, some of, some of us, we've decided that this is how I'm going to bring up my children. So that this thing of when we wake up on Sunday, we are going to church. Whether or not it is still out of, every one of us, we've learned doing things. We did not like school. But our, our parents would do what? Wake us up, whip us. You are, you are not going to school. You are, you are not going to school for what? If, let, me, let, me, let me ask you this. If, if you woke up at home and you told your parent, I'm not going to school today. You are not sick. You are not, there's nothing wrong with you. And you are just simply saying, today can I stay home? What would happen? They will drag you out of bed for school. For school. For school. How come we, if we say our relationship is as real as, as, as whatever else, how come we can't drag our children out of bed and tell them you, whether you, I don't want to hear you are going to church today? And they are kicking and screaming in the car. They are crying. You keep on driving. You close your heart. I'll open it after church. Yeah, I close my heart. Because I mean, when your kids are crying, you want to adjust. <laughs> Am I making sense, Barcelona? Now let me, let me close with this. All of these things that I am saying should be based on a clear vision that you have of what kind of a family do you want to be? Do you want to be the kind of a family that glorifies God? Or do you want to be a kind of a family that is a family by name? We're a family because we stay together. There's no God in this equation. We see God at church. We might drive with him in the car. But once we park the car in the garage, God knows that he must just stay there. We will run our affairs at home. But when the vision, when the vision, when the vision, when the vision dictates that all of us, we are supposed to participate in learning more and knowing more about God. 
we are going to practice it every day. No matter how uncomfortable it is. Because once you start bringing God home, it's uncomfortable. It's awkward. Let's pray at home. To some of us, it is awkward. Let's talk scripture at home. To some of us, it is awkward. Let's talk about God at home. With your, where they are asking you, they have a, a platform to engage with you in a practical manner. Trying to understand this God that you are shoving down our throat. Can you have difficult conversations within your family? Can you have difficult, uh, difficult conversations as husband and wife concerning this God that you are following? Can you take this message and go back home and have a discussion around it? Even if you are looking down, not looking at each other. Am I making sense, Muzalan? And, and, and you might be saying to me, but, you know, Mfundis, ah, it's not enough that, you know, a church, we hear about the word of God and whatever. No, no, no. God, it, it does not want us to get into a religion of churchianity. God wants us to get into a true and a living relationship where he becomes practical in our lives, in our families, in our marriages. He governs and he shapes the way that we think and we operate in every aspect of our lives. That's why I always tell people that even as a husband, as a wife, your faithfulness and your loyalty and your commitment should not be directly to your spouse. It should be to God through your spouse. In other words, I am not going to cheat on you because, you, 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 because I'm scared of you or because or whatever. I'm not going to cheat on you because of the covenant I have with God. God is the one who dictates the kind of a husband. It's not because you told me to come back at eight. I come back at eight because I honor God in this relationship I have with you. I will never go to a place and not let you know where I am going. Not because you are a great wife. As much as you are a great wife, but that is not a reason. The main reason is that God is the one who determines the kind of a husband I must be. The kind of a father I must be. That if I spoke out of ten with my child, God is the only one who, who can say to me, that's not the right way to talk, to talk to your child. My child can come back to me and say, that's not the right way to talk to me. I'm your child or whatever. I will take out the belt and whip them. Right? But when I'm in my room and I am praying, and God says to me, listen, you are representing me to those child, to those, to those children. Go and apologize. Hi, do you know how heavy it is? To apologize to your children. Hi. And then the next minute, they take chances. That after you've apologized. So can I have can I have that PlayStation now? You're like, hey, not so fast. No, the fact that I've apologized does not mean uh, no. I, 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 the PlayStation issue still stands. Shannon, I was sorry for the way that I spoke to you. It did not represent God well. Because they have to know God as their father through me. Yeah. Even when it comes to correction. That when God says correct this habit. Can I correct it? Or I will make it easy for them. 
Because sometimes God will not come down and correct them directly. The only way they can relate to him to a certain degree is through me. So when God says, correct this habit, will I correct it or will I make it easy for them? Or will I give them certain privileges? Because they are PKs as they call themselves. Other rules that are in the church are not applicable to them because they are my children. Dad, can I not go to rehearsal today? Did you speak to your leader? I'm not a leader of builders' worship. I'm a pastor of the church. So, so Dad, what did they decide about this and that? I don't know. They are still having a meeting. I don't know. See? So when God is expecting us as parents or as children, can we take it that God is a stakeholder here? He's, a, he's interested in what is going to take place here. Can we give him that place? Now, we see a picture in the scripture we have read where Obededom decides... I'm going to bring God into our family setup as a stakeholder. We, we are not just going to let him pass by, but I am bringing him, him home. Now, I want you to take note of this. A man just died for touching the ark. A man just died. For touch, what does it mean? It simply means for the ark or the glory of God or God himself to be within reach, you must have your house in order. In other words, for Obedidom to say, yes, this ark can park in my house, he had to get his, his house in order. Otherwise, the same thing that happened to Uzzah was going to happen to his whole family. So in other words, he was willing to take the risk. In other words, I, maybe I can, I can see him having a quick meeting with his family. Saying, my wife, listen, we're about to host God's presence. We're about to bring this stakeholder in our family. And when this guy comes in, he wants change in this, change in that. Kids, come. Say, we are not just going to do things our way because for as long as the ark is here, there will be certain ceremonies that we will have to do every day to appease God. Even because the Bible tells us that even when the high priest entered into the Holy of Holies where the ark was, he had to carry the blood, sprinkle it over the ark so that the glory does not kill him. So it means every day now they had a new responsibility of entertaining God. For the past, they didn't have to do that. They can do whatever that they want to do. They can watch whatever they want to watch. They can talk the way that they want to talk. They can drink whatever that they want to drink. They can smoke whatever. But as soon as God becomes a stakeholder and he is here, that cannot happen anymore. So in other words, in the house of a better tomb, everything had to be in order. Can we in this year decide, God, we want your glory in our homes. 
God, we want your presence in our homes. But because we understand that you are a holy God, if it calls for us to do some cleansing in our homes, there were certain habits that used to happen under this roof. If it calls for us to bring adjustment, to bring change, if it calls for us to, to be stretched and to be uncomfortable with certain things that we were used to, probably we never used to pray in this house. Probably we never used to even mention the name of Jesus in this house. Probably we never used to even have conversations about God. And if your glory and your presence demands that we change, Lord, we are willing to do that. We are willing to do that. Lord, as a husband, I am willing to take my position as a high priest every day. I am willing to go, wake up every morning and make sure, like Job, to be offerings, uh, 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 to, giving, to be giving offerings and lay them down and bend them before you. I will pray for this family. I will cover this family with prayer. I will take that place just so that the glory will not depart from this house. The Bible tells me that once the ark of God packed inside the house, of Obededom. Not only did it demand change, but it came with some benefits. The Bible says for three months, each and every day, the house of Obededom was blessed. In other words, when God comes into your family, not only does he come to demand change, but he brings all of the advantages. He brings to meet need. He comes to meet needs. He comes to provide. He comes to supply. He comes to, to bring breakthrough. He comes to make sure that what you could not do for yourself, he is here to do it. The Bible says David even heard that the house of Obededom is busy getting blessed each and every day. In other words, as Obededom wakes up early in the morning to say, God, we acknowledge your presence in this house. Blessings were released. In other words, everything that they were doing, God caused it to prosper because not only does he demand change for the sake of demand change. He demands change because he wants to bless. Because he wants to favor. Because he wants to bring speed in your family. Some of us things are taking forever. Simply because we do not want to allow God to be on the driver's seat. But in 2024 if we can just decide God be at the center of everything that is happening in my family. God take the driver's seat. Take the steering wheel. Lead us as a family. Tell us where to pray. Tell us when to fast. Tell us when to give. Tell us when to obey you, oh God. Because we know that once you are in the driver's seat. In other words, even as a husband and a father, I don't just want to be a head for the sake of being a head. But I want to be a head that is submitted to you, Jesus, as the head. I, I want to be the head that hears from you. I want to be the head that is submitted to you. I want to be the kind of a head that is going to have discernment by your spirit. I want to be the kind of a head that will use the language of God, the language of the Holy Spirit, to speak life over my children, to speak life over my marriage, to speak life over my over every aspect of my family. Speak life over my finances because when the glory comes in 
in. There is no way that our families will remain the same. There is no way that our families will not experience miracle after miracle, blessing after blessing, favor after favor, elevation after elevation. So in other words, now devil, you are no longer going to have place in my family. You are not going to have place in my in my children. You are not going to have place in my marriage. Now God is at the center of everything that is happening in this family. And God is asking this morning, can I get the glory through your family? Can I use your family as a vessel to display my glory? Can I show other people how is it like to follow my will through your family? Can I show, not just for the benefits, can I show other people how is it like to obey? Because sometimes when he comes, he's looking for obedience. When he comes and he says, give this car. And this car belongs to the family. Can he get the glory out of obeying that you have got to give this car? Or are you going to be speaking to your wife or to your husband? And he will be saying, no, 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 no. It's our blood, sweat and tears. We can never, God will have to find someone else. Or, or, or can God, whatever that he wants from your home, if he wants your children, can he have them? If he wants your money, can he have them? If he wants your house, can he have your house? If he want, wants your clothes, if he wants your furniture, can he have it? If he wants anything within the boundaries of your family, where you are in charge, can he have it? Can he have it? Can he use your family for his glory? Like I said, for me, it does not get real than this. That both my children want to be in the ministry. Listen, Bazaran, it's a sacrifice for me. Big sacrifice that when other, other friends of mine or whoever family members are going to be asking, so what, what are your children going to be studying? I'm reminded of Hannah giving birth and saying, Lord, if you bless me with a child, I'm going to give him back to you. And God honored his part. God honored his part. And Anna had to give him. That's why we are reading from the book of Samuel today. That's why we are reading from the book of Samuel. If Anna said, God, not in my family. Because at some point we forget that children are a heritage from God. Marriage is from God. Family is from God. Everything that we have is from God. And when he wants it, can we give it to him? Let's stand on our feet. He blessed his whole entire household and everything that belonged to him. I'm going to ask the, the host, we are going to eat or share Holy Communion together, Bazaran. When the ark entered, I love it because this ark is called the ark of the covenant. So in other words, 
the household of Obededom became a covenant house. It became a household that is in a covenant with God. To say, God, in this house, we are not just after the covenant promises, but we are also going to observe and recognize the covenant terms and conditions. Anything and everything that you want from us in this household, you are going to get. Any requirement that you have given to us, we are going to observe it. We are going to recognize it. We are going to strive to be a family that pleases you. And today as we are sharing this communion or covenant meal, it's a declaration that God, not only as individuals, but also with our families. And even if you are still young, you are not married yet, do that in advance. And say, God, one day when you give me the privilege of establishing a family, I am declaring it now that it shall, my house shall not just be a house. It shall be a covenant house. There are certain things that will not happen in this house. Because it is not just an ordinary house. It is a covenant house. There are certain things that I, I said this last week, Barcelona, and I'm not sure how are we going to take it, but it's okay anyway. That I can have friends who can visit me in my house, but you can't bring a girlfriend that you're not married to to sleep in my house because this is a covenant house. Even if you are my friend, you can't bring someone else who is not your wife. Even when I know your wife, you decide you, we are going to get an extra person and you come visit me. This is a covenant house. Such things don't happen. It's a covenant house. Such things are not going to be exposed from this platform. This platform is for the glory of God. Anything else that does not glorify God cannot happen from these grounds. It cannot happen from these grounds. They cannot happen from these grounds. So today as we are partaking of this covenant meal, we are declaring that God, we invite you in our homes. Because we know that not only are you interested in our lives, but you are interested in our families. You are interested in, in our homes, in our marriages. Let's close our eyes. Father, this morning we thank you for every family represented in this room. Right now, oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ, we speak a blessing over every family represented in this room. In the name of Jesus Christ, for we know that you are for families. You are a stakeholder in our families. Therefore, even right now, as your servant from this altar, let them be blessed indeed. May they never cause any pain. Whatever form of trauma that they might have experienced, oh God, from family, from relatives, I pray for healing right now. I pray for healing right now. 
I pray that, oh Father, the spirit of forgiveness will permeate our hearts. That we are not going to be left with a bad memory. We are not going to be left with a bad memory of family. Heal us, O oh God, that we may have only a picture that which you reveal concerning family. That whatever that we are going to establish is not going to flow from our past hurts, our past disappointments, our past rejections. By the blood of Jesus Christ, O oh God, we pray that anything that we might have connected ourselves with, knowingly and unknowingly, which is not godly, which is not from you, right now let it be nullified by the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, we declare in this room, let every family be blessed. Just like the house of Obededom, O oh God, that was blessed because of the presence of your glory. Father, let your blessing permeate every family, every household. In the name of Jesus Christ, a blessing that makes rich and adds no sorrow. We speak a blessing over fathers. We speak a blessing over mothers, oh God. We speak a blessing over children, oh Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, oh God. We declare the works of their hands will be blessed, oh Master, in the name of Jesus Christ. Even, oh Father... In this year ahead, O oh God, in the name of Jesus Christ, your blessing will abound even more and more, O oh God. We thank you, O oh Father, in the name of Jesus Christ, that in our household, not only shall we be blessed, but everything that belongs to us shall be blessed, O oh God. In the name of Jesus Christ, every resource, O oh God. In the name of Jesus Christ, O oh God, every person represented, even those, mighty God, who are not maybe even our blood relatives or our blood children, O oh God, but by by virtue of being under our wing, under our roof, under our household. Oh God, that blessing is going to affect them, oh God. That blessing is going to touch them, oh Master. In the name of Jesus, all to the glory of your name, oh Master. In the name of Jesus Christ, oh God. Oh Father, we speak a blessing over every endeavor that is going to flow, mighty God, from any family represented in this room. Families that, oh God, are looking at studying businesses, oh God, or establishing businesses, oh continuing in business. Let this blessing flow, O oh God. In the name of Jesus Christ, O oh Master. Families that are studying up, O oh God, to raise up children, to give birth to children, O oh God. Let this blessing flow even over them, O oh Master. In the mighty name of Jesus, we come against any form of curse, any form of, of evil words that have been declared and spoken. Mighty God, over our families, we nullify them by the power of the blood of Jesus Christ, O oh God. We declare there is no weapon formed against any family mighty God in the name of Jesus Christ that shall prosper we break the arrows of the enemy into two oh God in the name of Jesus Christ arise over these families oh God in the name of Jesus and let the enemies be scattered oh father we come against oh God the powers of darkness in the name of Jesus the spirit of witchcraft oh God in the name of Jesus we come against it we bind it oh father in the name of Jesus we declare 
greater is he who is in us than the one who is in the world oh father we declare your light in us is stronger and more powerful oh master than any form of darkness in the name of Jesus Christ oh God father we declare if from this place oh master that our children will be saved our children will follow you our children oh God will receive a call from you oh master in the name of Jesus Christ oh God we declare that you have plans oh God for our children that you make a way for our children that even when we can pass on you will never give up on our children you will never turn your back against our children oh God for this covenant that we entered into is for us and for the generations to come and father every petition that has been submitted oh God on this altar oh God in the name of Jesus Christ every petition every request in the name of Jesus Christ oh God I pray as your servant you who answers by fire in the name of Jesus Christ, oh God, oh Father, you know each and every need that has been written down. You know every request that has been written down. You know everything that your people and your children, oh God, are believing you for. In the name of Jesus Christ, oh Master, right now, Father, from this place, we thank you that you assign angels. In the name of Jesus Christ, that they are going forth, that they are going out from this place, oh Master. In the name of Jesus Christ, oh God, to orchestrate, mighty God, a miracle for these, your people. In the name of Jesus Christ, oh God, we thank you for financial breakthroughs. We thank you for restoration. We thank you for jobs. We thank you for business. Oh God, we thank you for healing and restoration, oh God. We thank you, oh Master, in the name of Jesus Christ, that every petition, every request, oh God, shall receive your attention, oh Master, in the name of Jesus Christ. None of them shall be neglected in the name of Jesus Christ, oh Father. Be glorified, oh God, as you answer, as you respond. For not only are you the God who hears, but you are the God who answers. In the name of Jesus Christ, may your eyes never depart from these petitions. May your eyes be forever upon these petitions. May your angels never rest until answers are provided for. We thank you in the name of Jesus Christ that there is no petition that is too hard for you. What is impossible with us, it is possible with you. We thank you, Father, in the name of Jesus Christ. We thank you. We thank you in advance for what you are going to do for your children. We thank you in advance. 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 We vow to give you all the glory. We will return to give you the glory. We will return to testify of your greatness, of your faithfulness. We thank you that you are the king of glory. We thank you. 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 We thank you, Jesus.
Thank you once again for listening to the message today. We trust that you were blessed by it. Please do subscribe to our podcast to receive new messages every week. Thank you very much and keep on building.